The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts, lift them up to the Lord. Beloved, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered this day and the praise of God for our gathered congregation here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support your written or emailed response, your self-selection of forms of service and leadership in our midst. And as the spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. We affirm together the faith of Jesus Christ, truth, goodness, and beauty, truth, goodness, and beauty, and especially upon this Bach cantata day, the, the latter, beauty itself. We are bathed in beauty, in thy light we shall see light. We are bathed in beauty, in thy light we shall see light. We are bathed in beauty. In thy light we shall see light. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand together in the praise of God.
may we pray. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins, and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. St. Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 9, verses 16 through 23. If I proclaim the gospel, this gives me no ground for boasting, for an obligation is laid on me, and woe to me if I do not proclaim the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am entrusted with a commission. What then is my reward? Just this, that in my proclamation I may make the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my rights in the gospel. For though I am free with respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all, so that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law though I myself am not under the law, so that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, so that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that I might by all means save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, so that I may share in its blessings. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading verses from Psalm 147 with the Antiphon. How good it, it is to sing praises to our God, for God is gracious, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Great is our Lord, and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. He gives to the animal their food, and to the young ravens when they cry. 
But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Mark, chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. Glory to you, O Lord. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The Gospel of the Lord. There come wintry episodes in the course of a snow-battered lifetime that can place us deep in the shadows. If the shadow is dark enough, we may not feel able to move forward, for our foresight and insight and eyesight are so limited. We may become frozen or snowed in. You may have known this condition of confusion or disorientation, ennui or asadia, 
and you may know it still. The death of a loved one can bring such a feeling. The loss of a position or job can bring such a feeling. The recognition of a major life mistake can bring such a feeling. The recollection of a past loss can bring such a feeling. The disappearance of a once radiant affection or love for a person or a cause or an institution can bring such a feeling. The senselessness of violence inflicted on the innocent can bring such a feeling. Over the years, I have grown frustrated by my own mother tongue in various ways. English places such a fence between thought and feeling when real thought is almost always deeply felt and real feeling is almost always keenly thought. Perhaps we need another word like thought feeling or felt thought. When Charles Wesley sang, unite the pair so long disjoined, knowledge and vital piety, learning and holiness combine, and truth and love let, all, let us all see. He described something so bone marrow close to our own life and happiness, hope, service, and faith. He also, I think, was wrestling with the limits of our own inherited beautiful language, our mother tongue. You, by nature and discipline, in any case, together, you live the thought-feeling gospel, and for that I am lastingly thankful. Be it then thought or feeling or thought-feeling, there do come episodes all in a lifetime that place us, if not in the dark, at least well into the shadows. You may have known all about this at one time, and you may know it still. And so come Sunday, some snippet of song or verse or preachment or prayer or especially today a line from a cantata, it may be, will touch you as you meander about in the dim shadow twilight. Hold on to that. Hold on to that snippet. Follow its contours along the cave of darkness in which you may now move. Let that snippet, that song, verse, sermon, prayer, line, let it guide you along so you may be able to murmur with the psalmist today, I can do this, I can do it, I can make my way, I can find a handhold or a foothold, I can hope and I can even trust that the Lord heals the brokenhearted. I can make it for now, today at least for now, for the time being. Dearly beloved, it is the power and the role of beauty, verbal or musical or liturgical or communal, to restore us to our rightful mind, our right thought feeling. Today the epistle and the gospel and especially the psalm lift a hymn of faith, a song of courage in the face of adversity. It is this lift for living which beauty, especially the beauty of holiness, and particularly this morning, the beauty of holy music, is meant to provide you, to offer you. Here we want to underscore truth for sure and goodness for sure, but we don't want to leave 
beauty behind. For beauty can heal. Beauty can heal. In our work with demons, in our quiet, in our contemplation, beauty in the case of this morning, the beauty of Bach, often has the power to shake us loose, to set us free. How happy I am that my precious one is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He will claim me as his prize and take me to paradise for which I clap my hands. Amen, amen. Come, you lovely crown of joy, do not delay. I await you with longing. Dr. Jarrett, how shall we listen both on the radio and in person this morning most fully to be immersed in today's Bach experience. Today's gospel lesson has to do with Christ's ministry on the earth, and it has to do with traveling and sharing news and bringing a message. Our cantata is about the Annunciation of Mary and Gabriel's message to her that she will bear a son and that that son will become king, God's son. Jesus. Wie schön leuchtet der Morgenstern, the name of today's cantata, How Brightly Shines the Morning Star, for most people by tradition is an epiphany hymn. We are in the fifth Sunday after Epiphany. And for Bach, this cantata was written for the Feast of the Annunciation, which when he wrote it in 1725 happened to coincide also with Palm Sunday. So we have all kinds of liturgical conflicts uh, arriving around this text. We have Epiphany by name, uh, the invocation of the morning star, the brightness of the morning star. We have uh, the foretelling of the birth of Christ uh, with the Annunciation. We have an anticipation context or an Advent uh, context. We also have the fact that it was written for Palm Sunday, Christ's victorious entrance into Jerusalem as king under the branches palms. So here we are, February 8th, snowy outside with an Annunciation, perhaps Advent, perhaps Palm Sunday, whatever you like, it's a bright star day for us at Marsh Chapel. <laughs> um, the story of the Annunciation comes from the first chapter of Luke when uh, God's messenger, the angel Gabriel, reveals to Mary that she will bear a son. Mary uh, rejoices and she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who also is great with child. And at Mary's news, if you recall from, the, from Luke chapter 1, the, the baby leaps in Elizabeth's womb. It's a wonderful image. Uh, and it causes uh, Elizabeth to utter the text that will become our Ave Maria, or our Hail Mary, to which Mary responds, with the Magnificat, Mary's song, all of this in quick succession of verses in the first chapter of Luke. Our cantata today uh, tries to capture all of the joy of that message and the joy of that moment. There's no uh, great theological polemic that Bach tries to communicate in the course of this text. And uh, as his text, he uses one of the most famous and beloved of the Protestant hymns, Philip Nicolai's Wie schön leuchtet der Morgenstern, written in 1599. There's seven verses in Nicolai's hymn, and Bach uses the first and the last 
in the first movement and then the final movement of the cantata, and then paraphrases the inner verses for the text of the inner movements of the cantata. And in each of our six movements, we have a sense of that joy uh, of the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, and the promise of salvation and paradise made possible through the birth of Christ and God revealing himself to us in the world. Bach, to celebrate this moment, chooses a festive and uh, rich orchestration and instrumentation. So you'll listen for, along with our chorus, the Marsh Chapel Choir, you'll listen in the instruments for the usual complement of strings and continuo, but six soloists grouped in three pairs. From the highest voice, two solo violins, and then in the alto register, two solo horns, and then in the tenor register, two solo oboes. They're tenor oboes. Bach called them oboes de caccia. Uh, and the modern instrument equivalent would be an English horn, so you'll hear two English horns this morning. And those three groups of instruments playing solos, duets in pairs, uh, combined with the full orchestral texture of the string continuum and then the four parts of the chorus. It's uh, a marvelously rich uh, instrumental texture created from beginning to end with Bach. We'll listen for those instruments as Bach deploys them. Listen also for dance rhythms. The first movement is in 12-8, compound meter, and there's a wonderful lilt to the texture of the music as it proceeds, uh, and that is mirrored in the final aria, number five, sung by tenor soloist Ethan Dupuy today. You'll hear the dance rhythms uh, played by the strings, the soloist and the string section in that solo. The first solo is sung by Emily Culler, soprano Emily Culler, and uh, you can imagine that, that she is singing as the voice of Mary or Elizabeth uh, as she uh, talks about being filled by the Spirit, by the flame of the Spirit, and the longing created by the presence of the Spirit. Her aria, uh, listen for her melismas on those two words, flamen and verlangen, flames and longing. Her aria is accompanied by one of those oboes, those tenor oboes, uh, and then the continual group. But the continual group is told, uh, is, it, is it requested by Bach to play pizzicato, meaning plucked, not bowed. So that adds another very special uh, particular texture uh, to the music and uh, contributes to the joyful affect of that text and Emily's solo. The final movement of the cantata is a standard four-part uh, setting, as you might expect, of Nikolai's last movement. But Bach can't resist the moment to, uh, crown, uh, to crown the musical joy with uh, a very special part for the second horn. So listen out for the second horn in the final chorale. From beginning to end, this is one of the most joyful celebration cantatas that I can think of. Um, written pretty early in Bach's career in Leipzig. Um, this was first performed in March of 1725, and just five days later, his musicians performed the second version of the St. John Passion. So it's uh, humbling to imagine the kind and quality of musicians that Bach had uh, making music with him and that he was writing music for. Uh, the music expresses a kind of joy that to my ear at least, and to maybe some listeners today, will call to mind the Christmas Oratorio and its uh, straightforward confidence of joy and celebration. 
We recognize in the reading and hearing of the gospel and now in a moment in the communal enjoyment of the beauty of this music that we are the recipients and stewards of the grace of God which brings healing. We also know in our direct experience that often what we can do involves one individual. The texts from Mark beginning earlier in the year and continuing through today picture Jesus almost exclusively dealing one by one, one by one, with a person, a man or woman in particular need. Somewhere in the sound of our instruments and voices, there may be one such who is listening with a special interest, a special longing, and a special need. And in that case, and for that one, thinking now together for that one person, we offer as a means of grace the liturgy and the music today and the homily of the voice of Marsh Chapel. We celebrate together in joy how happy I am that my precious one is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He will claim me as his prize and make me to, take me to paradise for which I clap my hands. Amen and amen. Come, you lovely crown of joy, do not delay. I, wait, I, wait, I await you with longing. Amen.
ein weiblich Licht rührt meine Seele nicht. Ein Freudenschein ist mir von Gott entstanden, denn ein vollkommenes Gut des Heilens Weib und Blut ist zur Erquickung da. So muss uns ja der überreiche Segen, der uns von Ewigkeit bestimmt und unser Glaube zu sich nimmt, zum Dank und Preis bewegen.
So long, dear. 
It is so good to hear such warm and joyful music on a cold and snowy Sunday. Thank you so much, Dr. Scott, Alan Jarrett, Justin Blackwell, and the Marsh Chapel Choir and Collegium for sharing your talents with us this morning. Peace of God be always with you. We'd like to take this time to welcome you once again to Marsh Chapel, a place of calm and peace in times of chaos and stress. We hope that wherever you are on your spiritual journey, that you would continue to walk with us in your exploration of faith. We'd love to get to know you better and help you get to know one another better. And a great way of doing that is by filling out your name and contact information in the red books towards the center aisle of each pew. So if you'd fill those out now and pass them along, we'd greatly appreciate it. We have a few brief announcements for you this morning. Directly following the service will be refreshments downstairs. This is a great time to have coffee and thank a musician. You are all welcome to come and join us. Also following the service today is the second Sunday International Student Luncheon. Any international students who would like to participate in a discussion about the service, the worship, the scripture, and join in beloved community of feasting, please find Chapel Associate Sarah Miller in the narthex directly after the service. Due to the inclement weather tonight, we will be canceling tonight's Vesper service at 6.30, so I wanted to notify you of that. And the Linton devotional email series will be back this year and will be again on Ash Wednesday once again. Sign-ups will be available online this week at bu.edu chapel. Other events and activities can be found on our website at bu.edu chapel, where there is also an opportunity for online giving. As we beckon the ushers forward, let us be reminded that it is a gift to be a giver. We are blessed to participate in an ancient Christian discipline of generosity. So as the music is lifted up for us and the plates are passed, may you find yourself being as generous as you are able.
Gracious and loving God, you have bestowed upon us so many gifts and graces. May you accept these heartfelt offerings from us as thanksgivings for your steadfast love and as a commitment to further your compassionate generosity in our world. Amen. bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace now and always. Amen. <laughs>